Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news and your views. Alan Corcoran. But first off, I'm joined by Minister of State at the Department of Justice, James Brown, with some more breaking news. Good morning, Alan. Let's look at uh, some breaking news, and it's to do with housing, and we have it first here on South East Radio's Morning Mix. What's happening? Well, Minister O'Brien has approved six additional housing staff for Wexford County Council that will be directly funded by the Department of Housing. So a significant amount of housing funding programmes to be put in by the Department of Housing that can provide necessary housing for the county of Wexford. However, I think there's a challenge has come that for, for the likes of Wexford County Council, that there is a challenge in terms of having the necessary staff in place with the, with the specialities to, to apply for this housing and to deliver this housing on the ground. So the Minister is stepping in to provide that housing staff so uh, the council will be capable of actually delivering those housing because there's a lot of funding there right now for to provide housing for County Wexford, but there has been a challenge in turning that funding into housing on the ground, and this is what this funding is for. Put those staff in place to, to get, create that connectivity mm. so we can actually see houses on the ground. We've seen a huge amount of houses being built in Wexford at the moment, but we need to see an awful lot more. We had a very detailed conversation on two occasions yesterday in the programme with St. Vincent de Paul and also with the Cahir Local Wexford County Council, Councillor Barbara Ann Murphy. Both of them agreed that we are in the midst of what is a housing crisis. We have people sleeping on the streets, sleeping in doorways in County Wexford. That surely in this day and age is not acceptable, Minister? No, it's absolutely not acceptable. And I think when we talk about homelessness, we, we have to differentiate between those who are rough sleepers, who often have very complex needs, and we need to see the state providing those wraparound services for those people to get them into the, the housing that is needed. On the other hand, we have people who, who are in overcrowded situations. They're homeless. They need housing. They're not on the streets, but they need to provide housing. But the social housing that's in Wexford, has dropped significantly over the last five years and with the amount of housing that has come on stream over the next 18 months that housing that has already been approved and is being built in particular by uh, associated housing bodies and, and turnkeys that the county council has been funded to buy we're going to see the housing this fall even further so we are and with the number of affordable schemes that are being brought in by this government uh, we will also see people being better able to afford to buy the houses they need to so very much the the numbers are going in the right direction but that's why we need that's why these additional housing officers now are going to be funded to be put in place in Wexford county council so that the funding that is available in the government and there is a, a a phenomenal amount of money available in the government to provide housing but we need to see that money actually being turned into houses on the ground and that's what the staff are here for okay well that's good positive news when it comes to increased staffing but you also accept that one person sleeping in a doorway in anywhere in county wexford is one person too much regardless of circumstance Oh, absolutely, 100%. I mean, and that's why I said this, this state needs to be putting those wraparound services in place. Each of those individual people, uh, that their individual uh, reasons for being, for being homeless on the streets, they, they need to be provided for. You know, they, they need those supports put in place so that they're not sleeping on the streets. And 100% accept that one person on the streets is one person too many. Breaking news when it comes to uh, having a COVID cert or an antigen cert coming in to Ireland. That has been postponed for another 48 hours, is that right? Can you give me some update on that, please? Well, that's, yeah, that's been reported this morning that it has been uh, postponed for 48 hours. I haven't seen anything official coming on on that uh, this morning yet. I expect to be updated in the coming hours in relation to that information, and as soon as I get that, 
I send it on to you. But it's been reported by the airlines, and I've no reason to doubt it. I, I would I would guess and would assume that it's it's, um, it's something that has been deemed to be necessary. And as I say, when we get the rationale behind that, we'll mm. certainly uh, share that. But we haven't seen anything official on that yet. And elsewhere within Neffet, they met yesterday. They were looking at a number of possibilities of further restrictions. Can you update us on any of those, please? Well, Nessus met last night. Um, certainly, I, I was I was in the doll up to half eleven, and I think up to that stage they still hadn't sent the letter over to the government. So, while a lot of detail was being, uh, if you like, leaked out, uh, the the, ha- the the official letter to the government hadn't been sent yet. And I think that's unfortunate. I don't think that's a good way to do business. But you know, you're going to have a lot of listeners tuning in this morning who are going to have very real concerns about what news is coming out and around what Neffet is suggesting. Uh, but we, we've been here before. Uh, we've met this challenge before, but and uh, we'll meet this challenge again. So we will. But the government will meet over the coming days to consider the NEFID recommendations to see what needs to be put in place. But certainly, you know, it, it, the indications are that further restrictions are needed. The numbers have plateaued, but they've plateaued at a very high level. All right. Uh, I know we will talk uh, in detail about the undocumented over the coming weeks, but have you a comment to make about this, which is currently being looked at very closely? Uh, we've, we've seen this on the opposite side of the fence from people from Ireland uh, living in America, etc. What's happening here with the undocumented in Ireland? So this is a program myself and Mr. McIntyre have been working on for the last year. It's in the program for government. And what is 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 a scheme for the undocumented in Ireland. And we do have, we estimate about 17,000 undocumented people in Ireland. That's people who are effectively here in Ireland but don't have a, a regularised residency permission. Now, a lot of them may have come on a valid permission, but maybe uh, couldn't go home for whatever various reasons. Of, of those 17,000, about 3,000 are children. And, you know, there are people who often have been here for a very long time. They're working. They have families here. Their children are in the schools here. They're part of our local communities. The very same as the Irish are in, for example, America. So we've taken a decision on a once-off case to regularize those people because it, when they're unregularized they are very very vulnerable an awful lot of them are women some are some are women who've been trafficked into the country some are being exploited in the employment industry where they're working for uh, only a couple of euros and we've also looked at it and said this would be very little additional cost to the state because as i said these people are already here for many years so they, they're already living in houses they're already in, in many many cases working so to be little if you like additional cost to the state but i think the benefits to through those people of, of being able to regularize their lives i think is good for them and it's also good for our society and i think also sends that message over to the united states of America and anywhere else where we have undocumented Irish to say, you know, we are preaching or we are doing what we are preaching and we want to see the supports for our people as well. Finally, Minister, uh, you were in the news nationally yesterday as well. Fionnán Sheen in the Irish Independent. Again, that there's a story carried about this story as well again today about uh, Fianna Fáil declaring itself a charity in a legal loophole to run a €600,000 raffle. He specified that, that licences of this sort will only be issued by the District Court for charitable and philanthropic causes only, for example, sports clubs and community groups. And yet we have a situation a year later where the Fianna Fáil party, which is neither a charitable organisation nor a philanthropic group, uh, has obtained one of these licences in the district court to to run uh, its draw. The Department of Justice is saying 
there's no specified list of what exactly is a charitable group or a philanthropic cause, but we do know that under the law, yeah. a political party cannot be uh, a registered charity. They're not recognised as such. The Minister Brown himself says that he's not in a position to offer legal interpretation of the provisions of the legislation, even though he is the minister who actually introduced the legislation in the first place. Can you shed some clarity on this first, please? Yeah, so Fianna Fáil is, uh, took legal advice and were apl- advised to apply for a licence uh, from the Dublin District Court to run the draw that they run every uh, single year. Fianna Fáil is, is a voluntary organisation with over 15,000 volunteers and they have this draw every year. Volunteers buy these tickets, they sell these tickets. And what they did was they applied to the district court, and the district court granted them the license under the uh, under the uh, the lottery laws of this country. So they did. And look, as a, as a minister for justice, I can't comment on any decision made by a district court judge because of the separation of powers. And you've often heard me say that in relation to other cases that are not connected to Fianna Fáil, it's it's, it's a common refrain for ministers of justice. So I, unfortunately, I'm restricted in that in right. that respect. But as I say, an application was made and and, and I have no difficulty with you know, the scrutiny of the party. I think that has to happen. But, you know, the process is very clear there. It was done in open court. and The funding of Fianna Fáil is done locally. It is done by local volunteers. And we contrast that, for example, what we've seen in, a, uh, in Fein in the last week where, you know, they've been charging mega corporations over in America $7,500 for around a golf and $1,000 for dinner plates and what are they buying for that funding you know i mean it's 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 totally uh, i think out in the open what fina fall has been doing here and I, I, again i have to reflect what's been said to me people are saying that you're using your ministerial role as a smokescreen to avoid answering the question and like again going back to what uh Pionon sheen quoted in his article yesterday said an organization that has an exclusive political purpose cannot be registered in an irish charity under the charities act 2009 so I, I just want to bring that t- to your attention, Minister, to see, can I get a further response from you, or can you say any more to me, please? No, I can't say any more. What I have said in relation to the fact that a Minister at the Department of Justice cannot comment on a decision by a district court judge, or any judge for that matter, because it will be totally inappropriate. The legislators make the law, but it is district court judges who apply the law and they in- interpret the law. And it's not a case that I'm simply saying this for the first time ever in relation to this case. Any case that has ever been put to me in the media since I became a Minister for Justice, I have always said that it would be inappropriate for Minister of State to comment on a decision by a district court a judge or any judge for that matter at any level within our court system. And, and unfortunately, that is my position and I think it would be a very dangerous situation, I think, where a, uh, a minister was to start commentary on a, on a decision of a court. Would, 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 I'd phrase the question differently in the hope that maybe you could respond. Do you think it would be possible to, to look into this possible loophole that if parties are to raise funds, that it could be done a different way without being under this particular rule about uh, charitable and philanthropic causes? Well, in other words, does it raise the issue that this should be done differently when it comes to political parties? Well, legislation is always kept under review, and this legislation will be kept under constant review as well. And, and we always look at legislation and how it is being applied in the real world. And, and all legislation will be kept under review, including the legislation that is uh, involved in, the, in this situation as well. Do you feel you're compromised in any way because of this? 
I, I, I don't see how I'm, I'm, I'm compromised. Like I think, I think that needs to be clarified. I did not bring the gambling legislation through the houses. It was brought in by the last government, so I think that needs to be clear. I know, I know role in this application to the district court, so I, I'm, a, I'm at an utter loss to see how I'm compromised in this matter. Right. Our thanks to, to Minister of State James Brown. Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views.